Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Acts 16. What does it look like to thrive in the midst of persecution? Well, today in Acts 16, we'll get a great example of that through the life of the Apostle Paul and his ministry partner, Silas. And we'll see that in their ministry in Philippi. But today we are going to really start the second missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. So him and Barnabas are going separate ways. And Paul is going and beginning by revisiting some of the cities from missionary journey number one. Now, if you can remember back a couple chapters, how did missionary journey version one go? Oh, a lot of persecution, a lot of opposition, especially in these cities in modern day Turkey, where he is now returning, but he is going back there. Uh, And I think we should know and even seek to model Paul's faithfulness to return to difficult places and difficult situations. And as he goes there, he meets someone named Timothy. Now, this will be key because you're like, wait, aren't there going to be books of the Bible later named 1st and 2nd Timothy? Uh Uh-huh. And they're talking about this guy. This guy becomes a clear ministry partner and protege of the Apostle Paul. And it seems that he had faith that really came through his mother is what we'll see later, a Jewish woman who was a believer. But notice verse three, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Um, That to me is very interesting. We just read chapter 15 where they said, you don't have to be circumcised. And Paul like we said yesterday, is going to write entire letters of the New Testament, like Galatians and Romans, arguing you do not need to be circumcised to be saved. But even in spite of all that, Timothy gets circumcised. That tells you something that Paul thinks about ministry. He doesn't want to cause unnecessary problems. He he doesn't want to cause unnecessary problems offense. And even though this was not required, he thought it was something worth doing to to win people over to Christ. He was willing, and we see that so many cases, and now he's leading Timothy. He's willing to make personal sacrifices for the sake of the gospel. And that's going to be something we're going to see later. And if we're taking notes on what does it look like to thrive in the midst of persecution, that's one principle we need to see. You need to be ready to make personal sacrifices that you aren't required to make, really, but you're doing it for the sake of the gospel. And now we get to this interesting section where through the direction of the Holy Spirit, they are led and kept from preaching in some places. And then Paul is given a vision, what we often call the Macedonian call, to come over to Macedonia and help. And so he goes to this city of Philippi which it describes as a leading city and a Roman colony. Not every city was a Roman colony. That means the people in that city would have been Roman citizens. Not everyone had that privilege, that this was an important city. And they go 
It says that their first real ministry effort seems to be on a Sabbath day going to where there was a place of prayer. Perhaps there weren't enough Jewish men in the city to really um, form a synagogue. That seems to be their MO, going into town and going to the synagogue. Perhaps Philippi didn't have one, so they went to the place where people would gather to pray. They share the gospel, and the first convert we see in Europe is Lydia here. And she is baptized and brings them into her home. But now we see the persecution begin because as they're going to the place of prayer another day, there's a slave girl who has a spirit of divination, it says. And she is crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. It's not an untrue statement, but doing it over and over, it greatly annoys Paul. And so he casts out the demon. Now the drama and the persecution get hot and heavy because when the owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, these guys were motivated by money. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. Now let's look at this. We're going to see something that was true then that is often true throughout history. Now, sometimes there is just clear persecution. Hey, these people are Christians. They love Jesus. They believe in the Bible. And there's persecution because of that. But not all the time, but very often what you will see in persecution is that it's based on lies and false accusations. Just consider Jesus. Uh, the, the false accusations they made against him. Well, what are these? These are false accusations. These men are Jews. That's true. Are they really disturbing the city? No. Are they really advocating customs that aren't lawful for Romans? No. Uh, these are untrue statements. And you're going to see a lot of this even today. People will persecute Christians with false statements. Oh, Christians, they, they're, they're bigots. Or they'll redefine terms uh, to use that as an accusation towards Christians. And so you, if you want to thrive in the midst of persecution, you need to be ready for that. You need to be ready to be hated or persecuted with accusations. You're going to say, wait a minute, that's not even true. Well, get ready for that because that's what persecution often looks like. And they are beaten. So this would have been, you know, you read those words and like, oh, they were beaten. Like when was the last time you were beaten with a rod? Uh, this is probably caused some pretty serious injury to them because they had been inflicted with many blows. And then they're put in prison and their feet are fastened in stocks. So their feet are fastened in something in which they cannot really move. Um, fast forward that scene for a few hours. That, that's We're talking about some incredible physical discomfort here. And what are they doing? Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. In the midst of their pain and in the midst of their persecution, they are rejoicing in God with hymns and praying to God. Songs and prayers. That is what they are resorting to in this time of need. And if you want to thrive in persecution, 
This is what you should do. When, when you are in a hard time, your heart should be filled with songs of praise to God, and you should be lifting up your requests in prayer to God. And, and here would be my, my counsel and my encouragement based on this passage. Make this the pattern of your life now if you want to thrive in persecution. Because if I can just be honest with you, if songs of praise and prayer aren't a part of your life and your response to difficulties right now, what makes you think they will if if life gets harder or persecution gets more intense? Those things need to be our response right now. And then there's an earthquake. So God steps in, clearly... Um, Clearly, it seems that this this really is an act of God. It's an earthquake that happens. The doors were opened um, and their bonds even are unfastened. And the jailer wakes up and he's about to kill himself. Uh, but Paul stops him. And, and notice this leads directly to a gospel conversation. Here's another example of Paul making a personal sacrifice. Him and Silas could have walked out of that prison over the dead body of um, the jailer. But they they don't they seek him out and they lead him to salvation. So they're more interested in the salvation of this guy than they are just in their personal freedom or their personal comfort. That's another important part of operating under persecution. We need to be more interested in the salvation of others than our personal freedoms or comfort. Uh, we need to care about them. And he delivers the gospel, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And this man is converted and his family is converted. And what a wonderful thing that is. And then something interesting happens. And again, I think this will depend on the situation, but I think it's good to learn from this example because a couple times now we have seen Paul making a personal sacrifice for the sake of the gospel. But when the magistrates uh, seek to let Paul and Silas go, look at what Paul says. He says, the magistrates or the jailer says the magistrates have sent to let you go, therefore come out now and go in peace. But Paul says they have beaten us publicly, uncondemned men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No, let them come themselves and take us out. Um, so there Paul actually asserts his political rights as a Roman citizen. So I don't think there's any way around the reality that even as Christians, as persecuted Christians, there will be times to lay our rights down for the sake of the gospel, and there will be times to assert our rights for the sake of the gospel. And I think the key word in each of those sentences is really for the sake of the gospel, for what is good and right. That will be our guiding principle. Our guiding principle will not be our own comfort, our own convenience, our own pleasure. Our guiding principle will be for the sake of the gospel. And that's what we see in the apostle Paul. And so there we see a real flesh and blood example in Acts 16 of, of someone or a couple people here, Paul and Silas, who thrived in the midst of persecution. And I hope this encourages you and instructs you on how to thrive in the midst of trial and persecution in your own life. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.